Hello and welcome to another episode of Around the Fire. I've actually got two guests with me, which is a first um, today. So I've got Kane from Farfit, who lives in Hawera, just around the mountain. And I've got Chris Robertini here, a colleague at Taranaki Retreat. And we just wanted to have a bit of a corridor around, um, uh, well, whatever really comes up, but also our very exciting fundraising event that we've got happening um, from Monday onwards for the next two and a half, three weeks, where Chris is going to be out and about visiting the community and bringing our new pop-in centre out into um, yeah, the wider Taranaki region. So welcome guys, I really appreciate your time and um, yeah, having this corridor together. Kane, do you want to just start the conversation off with a bit of an introduction and sharing, you know, some of potentially your experiences around mental health and why you are getting behind this initiative? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. It's, it's been a bit of a break since we uh, had our last yarn, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's good to be back and, and uh, happy to help uh, talk around this topic and, and, and what the Taranaki Retreat is doing as well in uh, the big three weeks that Chris has got coming up. Um, good on you, mate, it's good stuff. So yeah, I guess, um, yeah, my name's Kane Briscoe. I founded uh, FarmFit uh, three years ago now, I think it was, um, as a community, started out as a community um, farm gym, I guess, and has developed into a bit of a, um, I guess, a, an online community and and uh, all sorts of stuff really going on. But um, yeah, just, just an effort to, I guess, give rural people um, inspiration and ideas to look after themselves mentally and physically and uh, you know also to, to inspire others to do the same throughout all of society really um, and I guess when it comes to rural health and, and particularly mental health um, one of those one of those um, unavoidable things is our isolation um, from from other people uh, most of us have had an experience where, where the neighbours are K or two away um, and perhaps you don't have kids going to school. There seems to be, I guess, more and more less of a community fabric, um, not just in town, but in the country as well. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the school halls have gone, the uh, rural schools have closed, um, so you don't have that, that meeting point for people. Um, and that, that definitely adds to pressure um, all the challenges you go through um, being being a farming operation, it adds a lot of intensity to them when you can't express yourself or surround yourself with people that are that are understanding and loving and, and that can help you. So um, that's, a, that's a really big problem I've, I've found and, and experienced. And I think everyone else in the rural community will experience it as well, that um, it's, it's something that's unavoidable but something we really need to work on uh, doing better and, and forming those communities back because they are the real fabric that, that holds us up at times, um, especially when we're isolated. Absolutely, and I think, you know, I think you're right. Um, we have lost that sense of community in all areas, you know, whether it's towns, cities, big cities, you know, do we know our neighbours? Do we actually speak to them? You know, even if we are literally up and down or ne right next door to each other, um, and then that's just going to be amplified out in the rural communities um, big time as well. And then, you know, if there's dodgy internet or no internet, then that's going to be even more um, of an issue for sure. Awesome. Thanks, Kane, for sharing that. Chris, do you want to share a little bit about yeah, your journey and maybe 
what it is about the retreat that you know really inspired you to get involved and what it what you're looking forward to in terms of getting out sure on wheels um so yeah the start of the journey started in 2018 when i ended up at the retreat as a guest um meeting liz for the first time and actually getting the the, the basic tools i guess to help with my situation in life and, and my past struggles and, and trying to get over those and um, the beauty of, of the retreat you know with, with the tools that I received from Liz and others well it got me to where I am now working for the retreat and having a passion of wanting to help help people with mental health um, you know help within the, the, the suicide prevention area because it, it's just and constantly we hear of, of people struggling and not being able to find that, that help and the support that, that they need. Kind of like when I was a youngster and, you know, rolling around with gangs, not, not being affiliated, but being involved with gangs and, and fighting every week and putting my, my energy in the wrong spaces and places and, and not, not being not having that role model type person that I needed in my life. Um, that's that's kind of the passion that I had when talking to Liz in certain places and she she kind of seen something in me and then when, when she let me know what that something was, that that something was that I have the ability to change change uh, the way we, we act and react. And um, you know, be that go-to person and that role model that I missed when I was younger. So I get to be that person that I was looking for, you know, so for others now. And that's that's probably the biggest passion and the biggest drive is to know that you know, everything that I've gone through in life has turned me into a person I am now that can help others that was once in my you know, that I was once in in those situations. So so the beauty, so at the end of the day, the beauty of, of where I am now is the the sheer fact that I get to travel around Taramaki on a bike and go meet people that that don't know who we are or didn't realise that there is help. You know, there are people like from the retreat that can help and, and be that support base that they're missing in life. Um, to help people that are in those, those closed-off rural communities who feel like they're neglected in some way, you know. And, and to be able to bike around Taranaki, and yes, I'm going to feel a lot of mental stress and, and physical hurt, but that's the beauty of it. I mean, what we talked about today, about, you know, I don't feel like mental health has a respite or, or a weekend. So when people tell me that they're worried about my mental health or my physicality health on this trip, on this journey, it kind of doesn't bother me because I feel like everyone lives those struggles anyway. Every day they live in these struggles and I get to choose when I live that struggle. So within three weeks, I, 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 after three weeks, I go, okay, that's me, I'm done. But there's so many people out there, not just there in Taranaki, like you see in, in New Zealand, that need help and support every day because they struggle. They feel that struggle mentally and physically every day. It's not like they get to wake up in the morning and go, okay, today I'm not going to feel that struggle or feel that, you know, that mental hurt. 
So, you know, to be able to do this, it, it, man, it's a blessing to be able to put my body on the line for people who I, who I you know, cherish and look up to you know, and want to help. Awesome. I remember, um, you know, I just want to give Chris a bit of a something to hold on to when, you know, the calves are beginning to burn as he goes up another hill. Can you remind me how far you went on your fundraiser in your wellies? Uh, yes, yeah, so we did. Um, we did a half marathon around our district. So um, in his gumboots. 21 Ks in the gumboots and um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a flat course, put it that way. Um, but yeah, we've been been training for something quite a bit bigger than that actually at the moment. But I've uh, got the old COVID bug, so it's uh, throwing it up in the air a little bit. But um, yeah, yeah, oh, anything's achievable if you want it. Pardon? Anything's achievable if you want it. It's true. It's true. And so just be grateful that you're not cycling with gumboots. I hope they're <laughs> red bands, mate. Yeah, dirty old red band, mate. They can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And just on that note of, um, yeah, the rural side of it, I read recently about actually youth in the rural communities. There's a lot more sort of crime and things happening these days because of that boredom, you know, and what else is there. Are you able to talk into that a bit, Kane? Yeah, I mean... I think crime in general is a, a problem wherever you are but um yeah it is something that's definitely getting worse um in the rural community it's something I've, i think noticeably over the last probably 15 years um which is mainly when i've come into to agriculture um wasn't a problem wasn't as big a problem before that but it, it's definitely a growing thing and um you know uh, it's one of those things like we, we go and um, put a massive emphasis on, you know, catching criminals and all that sort of thing and, and punishing them for it. But that's that's not the actual problem no. in the most part. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a much bigger, deeper problem than that. And until we solve the real problem, um, you know, it's just going to continue, no matter how many cops you got on the street. Yeah. Um, if, if people don't have the necessities in life, um, and, and I'm not just talking about a roof over their head, but, you know, love and connection and, and, and all of those things that are, that are necessities in life. People don't have those. They, they turn to crime and they turn to drugs and alcohol and, and all those negative things in life that, you know, let's face it, we've probably all dabbled in them. Um, and, you know, for me, I guess I was lucky enough growing up where I had most of those needs met, um, but I still had a dabble, but I guess I was, I was in a place where, um, it wasn't a necessity for me to to go down that road. Um, where for someone like Chris, and I'm I'm only guessing here, but you know perhaps you didn't have all those necessities of life when when you were growing up, and and whether it was with a gang or, or whatever, that was your way of connecting to someone and 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 having that love. And you know until until we start looking at those issues and and you know trying to really actually bloody solve them, um, you know cops on the street aren't going to fix it no it's yeah and I think that's really true that you know some of those things like um street life gangs whatever it might be you know even alcohol um and other things that we use and uh dabble in as you say um they meet needs 
you know, mm. so whether it's a sense of belonging or, you know, whether it's, yeah, that connection side of it or love, you know, certainly food used to be one for me because I got a sense of love from it. But if we can recognise what those needs are, and then absolutely it's about finding how we can meet them in more wholesome ways as opposed to crime and punishment and time behind yeah, bars, yeah. which isn't going to achieve anything. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Um, so I kind of always had that thought of, hey, here's someone stealing and they end up in jail, but you know, why can't we? Obviously, they're stealing because they haven't got a job, haven't got the money. So what's to stop us from getting them into work or, or you know, and, and helping and supporting them in some way where, yeah, if they got a job, then they probably get their own stuff. Then now they'll feel more more proud to look after things and and earn things in a better way and you know in a more unique way. Yeah, stealing, but to be able to go to work, get your money at the end of the week, and then afford to buy your, yourself something. You know, there's so much um, joy in it in, in buying your own stuff. You know, so maybe they haven't had that feeling of being able to afford stuff. I mean, it's the same with fighting, you know, or violence. These fellows just, these, these people just want to release their anger. So why do we not push them towards sport? Yeah. Or, or, or into, into physical work, you know, when it comes to farming, you know, being physical or smashing something with a hammer, you know, but in a good way and, and using their, their aggression in ways that are going to help the community. And, and, because that, that, you know, man, that, that helped me. Uh, rugby really did help me release my anger or my frustrations in, in a way that helped, um, you know, helped the team camaraderie. Yep. So, so I got to put my my aggression and my anger into something positive. Yeah. And I, I think that's what we're missing in society. Yeah, we're too quick to put someone in jail. Um, too quick to class someone as not worth the effort. Yeah, you know, no, he's a criminal, so let's not worry about him. Let's just put him in, into a community where, where we know we can't deal with him type thing. So I feel like you're right in that, that, that way where we need to figure out how to stop these people's mentality of doing crime where, where they could, you know, use their skills. After someone's breaking into cars and they got all their skill to to rip out um, motors and stuff like that, then why not get them into an apprenticeship with a better can? Because obviously they're good at working with cars or, and stuff like that. So I've always had that mentality of there should be better ways of, of dealing with people that are struggling with crime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's such a key point, you know, that release and that anger that comes up for us men and women, um, you know, it's a natural thing. It's part of the cycle, you know, we're going to get triggered, we're going to, um, yeah, have that energy come up and we need to release it. Otherwise it gets trapped and then it, you know, gets stacked upon and upon and upon, you know, and then we can blow. Um, but society doesn't allow us to have that release. You know, it's looked upon as a bad thing. And, it, you know, what Chris is saying about rugby and sports, and um, I don't know if you heard the hammering that went on just now as we were recording, but, um, yeah, you know, that release, we need to have that release. And it's, it is about finding those wholesome ways and safe ways to do it, but it's absolutely a part of the human uh, experience and it needs to be brought into the mix far more. 
Yeah. I often talk to people about chopping wood. We're talking about chopping wood just before, you know, the release in that huge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So can you share with Kane and the listeners a bit more about what the day-to-day life for you is going to look like the next wee while on the road, what you're going to be doing, where you're going to be staying, who you're going to be talking to, that side of it. Yep. So many generous people around Taranaki have offered accommodation. Um, yeah, the lovely girls here, Liz, uh, Holly and Katie, and many more have all decided that freedom camping is a no-go because that classes me as a rebel. And, you know, representing a retreat, you cannot be a rebel. So uh, all the accommodation is has been wonderfully donated by lovely people around the manga. Um, so I'll be travelling to certain towns, and when I get to certain towns, you know, if there's a rugby place, I'll be kicking the rugby boy over there for a challenge, as a challenge. But also meeting up with people on the street, just handing them flyers, taking selfies, um, getting to know people, or we rocking up to businesses like pharmacies and stuff like that, and, and asking if I could put flyers up on their windows. And, um, yeah, meeting other businesses, having a chat with them, getting to know them, yeah, you know more about what's going on with their workers and, and, and whatnot, and if there's any struggles that that they may may see in their work community. Um, yeah, man, just just really getting out there into the wider wider Taranaki community and, and making sure that they know that they um, that we're here for them as well. Absolutely, That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. just. So it's called Waimanako on Wheels because Waimanako is the new um, pop-in centre that we have in New Plymouth and um, meaning Rivers of Hope because the river runs right underneath us. And here we've got support rooms. We've also got a cafe, which is Kai for Koha. Um, so come in and pay whatever you want or whatever you can for the incredibly delicious food that um, is served here. I seriously enjoyed my omelette and chips just now. Um, and we've also got a creative hub as well as other workshops that we run, whether that's resilience builders, um, stress busters, grief and loss, wellness, um, couple of, oh yeah, two um, men's groups, recovery group. And so even if, you know, people are thinking, oh, well, it's in New Plymouth, but you know, if you're coming into town, pop in and see us, you know, pop in and see what it's all about because we're very um, keen to connect people with what they need. So just because we're here, we've got a huge amount of links throughout the community um, that yeah, may be able to support people in other areas as well. Um, so yeah, this is very much awareness of you know, the beautiful gift that we've got here that uh, New Plymouth District Council have given us um, and such an incredible resource to the community that um, yeah, we want to get out um, there's not another one like it and yeah we're super proud of everything that it um, can offer and yeah want to get the message out to most people because it still surprises me that people even in New Plymouth haven't heard of Taranaki retreat so um, yeah there's still work to be done um, on that so yeah anything Kane that you can think of that um, you could help us with would be super appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's one of those things like you, you got to get the word out there and, and then people have got to be brave enough to uh, put their hand up to use it because it is a resource that, you know, can really help. And I've, I've met a few people that have gone through uh, the retreat and it's, you know, literally changed their lives. So 
um, you know, anything I can do to to help with that awareness and um, you know encourage people to use those resources and and, and the many others that are around. Um, you know, you just got to be brave enough to take that step, I guess. So, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and I think, help. yeah, and I think, and you're so right. That first step of asking for help, you know, when people just say, "Oh, you know, reach out." We've spoken before about how hard that is, and you know, with the retreat, you can get in touch on behalf of someone else, you know, or you can send the simplest of Facebook messages to the um, Facebook page, the Taranaki Retreat Facebook page, you know, get in touch, and then someone will take it from there. And sometimes that's, you know, really what we need because that step of reaching out um, can, yeah, be super hard for sure. And then if people want to find more out more about Waimanaako or Waimanaako on wheels and follow Chris's journey, then if you go to taranakiretreat.org.nz, there's more details um, on there. And should you be in the place or have the means to want to sponsor Chris and um, help us raise some funds for Taranaki Retreat, then there's details um, on that website page too. If you look on the menu at the top and go to WOW, which stands for Waimanaako on wheels, brilliant. Um, then yeah, a lot more details and links on that. But um, yeah, some beautiful uh, sponsorships have come in already, which we're super excited about. And um, yeah, a lot more space for other people to be involved. Yeah, I think the other thing is too is yeah, it's, it's cool to say that yeah, ask people to reach out. But another another thing that's proud a proud thing about doing this is that I get to go out and reach out to others instead of them having to reach out to us. Yeah, it's, it's a way of you know, saying, okay, you may not be able to reach out to us because you don't know who we are, so let's reach out to you and show you who we are type thing, you know, and let you know that we are here. So that's the beauty of it. That's probably why I said yes quite fast with Jamie, let me know about his <laughs> mission. I was like, yeah, man, let's do this. Yeah. And, you know, and you do talk about your rebelling and, you know, maybe it is that, that, you know, other organisations either don't have the means or um, to be able to go out to the communities and we can go, okay, you know, you're doing it that way. This is how we're doing it and we're doing it differently. And it's certainly, um, yeah, something about the retreat that sits really well with me that we're not just following what everybody else does. We're doing it our way. And it's certainly making a difference. Yep. There's a lot of power in that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Kane, any last thought that you might want to share with someone that's listening who potentially is struggling right now or potentially thinking about getting involved? Any last message that you would like to share with them? Um, you know, I, I think for me, one of the one of the hardest things about taking that first step is is actually just accepting where you are. Um, sometimes we, you know, tell ourselves little lies to justify what we're doing or how, how we're feeling and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, the first person you always need to be honest to is yourself. So, um, you know, be honest with yourself, accept where you are, and then it'll make, just makes it a little bit easier to, to, to reach out if, you, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Kane. Chris, any last thoughts before you? Head off on Monday. Yeah. Um, I was for the last two weeks, man, I've been telling myself that I have to prove myself to people, but today I've I've realized that the only person I need to prove something to is myself. Um, 
yeah, if I, if I'm to do this, I gotta do this in the, in the right state of mind, and I gotta do this with the right heart, and, and I feel like I'm ready, and I have the right state of mind and the right heart to do this, and I'm ready. Um, bring it on. See you soon, Taranaki. <laughs> awesome. awesome and I think yeah you know it is those things that there are going to be things in life that terrify us as we were talking about um and yeah but you know everything that we want is on the other side of that so it is those little steps whether it's you know reaching out to the retreat whether it's cycling around Taranaki that yeah we have to go okay line in the sand I'm doing this and I'm making those changes so yeah awesome Awesome, Kororo, guys. Thank you so much for joining us and, yeah, bring on the next few weeks and really looking forward to seeing how um, the community gets behind Chris and what it's going to hold for him. Thanks again. Thanks, Kate. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Chris. Awesome, mate. Good luck. Good Cheers. luck. And I'll uh, see you down in the south, mate. We'll catch up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>